From the Medical University of South Carolina, you are listening to Innovatively Speaking. This is the show where we dive into the origins of the next big things. We explore ideas that are changing what's possible here at MUSC and in some cases all across the world. I'm your host, Kevin Smith, and today we've got a shorter show. On our show today, we're going to be talking about post-stroke recovery and helping patients regain motor function. We have two guests today, Joe Fiore and Reese Funderburk with the Zucker Institute for Innovation Commercialization here at the Medical University of South Carolina. Welcome, guys. Hey, Kevin. Hello. Thank you for having us. All right. Well, let's start first with the Zucker Institute itself. What is it? I'd be happy to jump in there. Uh, the Zucker Institute is quite unique in its nature. Uh, we are the result of a merger that happened uh, not too long in the past. Uh, but what that merger entailed was the colliding of an accelerator and a standard tech transfer office. And so what we've evolved into today is a brand new version of that, which includes taking these incredible ideas that our researchers are coming up with and we can take them anywhere from back of the napkin all the way through commercialization if we feel and deem it necessary, or stop along the way, find a partner, wrap a startup around it, or anything in between. And so we are quite dynamic. We can provide resources to our researchers that were really never available in the past and be almost everything to everyone, so to speak. What was the impetus for the merger happening? Is, is it more efficient with everything kind of in one box? I would say so. Uh, generally, the Foundation for Research and Development, which was one of those entities that was merged, handled patent. Uh, generally, filing patents, helping these researchers to obtain grants. Uh, and the work was somewhat done at that point but not on the researchers' plates. They had quite a bit more to do after. Uh, Zian, which was the other entity, was more of an accelerator. It would take medical devices, help develop them, get them ready for commercialization, and ultimately find a licensing partner. And so the natural flow of work uh, caused those two entities to work together on a regular basis, and eventually it made sense for them to work together as opposed in parallel paths. Well, this podcast is all about innovation. It sounds like the Zucker Institute is exactly that in all, in all ways. And so today's specific topic is one of the products you guys are developing there at the Zucker Institute. It is called TheraBracelet. And let me start the conversation with a, with a quote from some of the literature that I was uh, prepping with. It says this, stroke is the leading cause of long-term disability in the United States. More than two-thirds of nearly seven million stroke survivors in the United States have persistent impairment of one hand. Now, I think we've all at least know someone who's struggled with a stroke situation. Um, I can't imagine suddenly not having full use of one of my hands. This sounds like a very important technology. Talk a little bit about how it was developed and where we're headed. Absolutely, and to add to that statistic, about 77% of stroke survivors uh, never regain full hand function. Uh, generally, the, the current methods are painfully slow. They're incredibly costly. And so our incredible inventor, Najin So, has created this wristwatch-like device that delivers vib vibratory stimulation to the wearer's wrist, uh, almost like an Apple Watch, but with a very specific purpose. Uh, in addition, it boosts activity in the brain. So what it's doing is taking normal hand movements and enhancing them. So the uh, user doesn't have to change anything that they do throughout a normal day. It's user-friendly, it's unobtrusive, it's safe, uh, and you can benefit, benefit from it by just performing regular tasks. 
this is in third generation development, which means it's just about ready for manufacturing. Uh, so we are monitoring in real time. We're currently looking for commercialization partners who can take it to the next level. But overall, the data that we have coming in shows exponential uh, positivity. And it's giving not only the user, but the family so much more confidence in recovery. Well, let's take it right down to the ground level. Then walk me through a scenario. Say my grandmother suffers a stroke. She's trying to recover. Tell me how this thing works and how she would get a hold of this technology and how it would impact her life on a daily basis. Great question. And we're right at that cusp. What we're looking for right now is that commercializing partner that can get it out into the public. We believe this device is probably going to land in the hands of clinicians and then to the end user. Uh, We believe that's important because the clinician can observe exactly what's going on, can train in the correct manner, uh, and what it's doing for the user and why it's better to be in a clinician's hand is because of the vibratory stimulation. The user actually doesn't feel anything. We set the vibration to a level that is just below where they're going to feel it. And so one of the uh, things we've gotten feedback on is that the user sometimes doesn't know that it's working. And so the clinician has the ability to read the data and say, it's definitely working. Uh, You don't want to feel it because we don't want it to change anything you're doing throughout the day. So back to answering your question, um, if your grandmother needed it, Today, it would not be available on the market, but soon will be as soon as we find that perfect partner who can mass produce and mass distribute. Joe, can you maybe go into detail about uh, some of the competitors in this and what kind of separates Thera Bracelet? Yeah, absolutely. And the natural competitor that most people bring to our table are the Apple Watches, the Google Watches that are out there. And we really aren't even playing in that space. Uh, Those devices have a plethora and a wide range of uh, capabilities. They're kind of supporting a person's life in a much different way. This is a rehab device. And so while it looks like a wristwatch, its function is really directed specific to triggering brain activity. Uh, And that's really where we want to keep the focus. Uh, This is not a device that's going to all of a sudden start telling you the time and we don't want it to. And so once it gets into the user's hand, the Only an exact purpose of it is to stimulate the brain. Can you give a sort of a word picture of of how that actually works? I'm picturing in my mind an Apple Watch, say, but there's obviously something on on the bottom that that does this this stimulation. There is, and it's probably above my head on the engineering side. Our in-house engineers have done an incredible um, design on this. And I'd like to note Joe Rosito, who actually is also at the Zucker Institute, has done a just about all of the engineering work here. So shout out to him. Uh, But he can speak more to the way that it's adjusting and working through the vibratory um, stimulation. But in general, you're not going to see anything different than what you would see in a wrist watch type device. Uh, So right now in its prototype version, it is a black device that looks very similar to things you've probably seen out in the market today. Uh, such as an Apple Watch or a Google Watch, uh, but with a very different purpose. And so you really won't see anything outside the ordinary. It's all done internally, and it's all done to a level that is specific to each person, as I had mentioned earlier, so that they don't feel the vibration. It's really just stimulating those parts of the brain. 
And in terms of cost, I, I know you kind of mentioned you're wanting to get this thing out there to the public. What would you tell a company in terms of cost that's looking to kind of invest into this and, and make this thing out there? So we're actually looking in a little bit different, a little bit different of a manner for a developing partner. Uh, what we're looking for right now is a company uh, or an entity that has distribution channels to clinicians. And from that point, we see it being branded putting some nice colors around it, making it attractive so that it can be opened up in a nice pretty box for a user to use. The pricing structure is going to be completely dependent on how that distributor slash manufacturer decides to go to market. Uh, So the prices are going to range. It's not something I can speak on today, uh, but it is going to be something that's affordable for the clinicians to use and pass on to the end user. Okay, so my grandmother has the watch on. She's preparing to, to utilize it. And basically what you're, what you're telling me is that these micro vibrations, vibrations that are so slight you can't even feel them, actually really stimulate brain activity that will actually help heal from a stroke. That's amazing to me. You're right on all fronts. And uh, what's also amazing is the way that the device sets up for each individual. So it does connect Bluetooth with a phone. Uh, on that app, which sits on the phone, the first step in the entire process is to customize it to the user. And it's a very simple process. Uh, The user puts the device on their wrist, goes through a series of prompts where there's vibrations sent to the device, and the user then responds to the levels that they feel. And so it goes back and forth between high and low levels until we reach a point where the user is just barely feeling the vibration or not feeling it at all your brain doesn't know any different. And therefore, the brain is getting signaled to use certain parts of their brain, which are being signaled by the wrist. So the the low vibrations is a comfort thing more than anything else? In general, it is. And this is also part of development. Um, Some of the feedback that came back was users wanted to see some indication that it was working. And so in prototype phases, we have added some lights. We have Um, discussed, maybe having the vibration be a little bit stronger so that people know that it is working. Now, on the other side of that are the clinicians who are probably not as interested in that part of it, but more interested in how it's helping those patients. And so that part of it is still left up for development and can be taken on by a commercial partner. Uh, But ultimately, what's happening is those vibrations are sending the correct signals to the brain saying, we need to get this hand moving and doing things that it's been doing in the past. Incredible. Incredible technology. So, Joe, I know we're trying to stimulate and, and regain that feeling in your hand by using this device, but is there any potential that this could be used for muscle growth in those areas too? Muscle growth is most likely going to be a byproduct of the rehab. And so what's really happening with this device is it's reminding the brain that it used to have this function and reminding it that it can do it again. And so what we're actually doing is waking up nerves that have, so to speak, gone to sleep. And by waking them back up, we're helping the patient to regain the function that they had before the stroke. Well, Joe and Reese, I just want to say thank you so much for spending some time here with us. And Joe, if, if our listeners want more information about uh, this product, what, where, where would they go? The best place to go is to the Zucker website. And that can be found by uh, landing on the MUSC homepage and following links to the Zucker Institute or going directly to our website, which can be found by Googling Zucker Institute. And we are usually the first name that pops up. Uh, from there, you have the ability to view our current portfolio of products that have come from our wonderful inventors here at MUSC or following the link to the 
in-progress technologies, which are just fascinating in themselves. Uh, so we're happy to support our inventors and any questions that might come in after a view of our site. Fantastic. Well, we'll add all of those links in the show notes to this podcast. Reese and Joe, thank you so much for being a part of Innovatively Speaking. Thank you. Thanks, Kevin. You've been listening to the Innovatively Speaking podcast with the Medical University of South Carolina. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, leave a rating and review. To hear more innovative ideas and to share your own, subscribe to the show or visit us on our webpage, web.musc.edu slash innovation. And remember, don't hesitate to innovate.